0: Everybody, thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the Badcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of March 4th, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at march 4 Pod on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is march4th.podbean.com. The links to my socials as well as my link tree will be in the podcast description for this episode. So if you like it, tell a friend to tell a friend, subscribe, share, and let's spread the word of positivity, baby. As you guys can tell, I'm in a really good mood, man. My beloved Detroit Lions, they didn't lose. They didn't win. They tied at Pittsburgh, and you know what, man? I'll take it. In all seriousness, it's been it's been uh, tough for, for my beloved Detroit Lions this year. But you know what? I really think they're moving in the right direction under Dan Campbell. And we're getting close to Turkey Day with Thanksgiving right around the corner. And watching the Lions is always part of the, the Thanksgiving tradition in my household, whether I'm with my mom or I'm with my dad, you know, coming from a divorced family. Whoever's house I was bouncing to growing up for the holidays as we rotated and whatnot, we were always watching the Lions, man. So... Those are my guys, man. I don't care, win, lose, or draw. I love those dudes, and I actually, like I said, I really think they're they're moving in the, the right direction under Dan Campbell. So I hope that everybody's doing well out there. I hope that you're staying safe and just being mindful out in public. Again, I don't like to preach on this show, but it is cold and flu season, uh, you know, and we're still dealing with the pandemic. COVID's not going anywhere, y'all. It's here to stay. And, uh, you know, hopefully we don't have too many crazy other variants, you know, that are worse than the Delta variant, but all that to be said, uh, just be safe. You know, uh, if you can get your flu shot, I'm not going to preach to you about whether or not you should get your COVID shot. I am all for it, you know, in terms of protecting ourselves. But again, that's your personal decision. But, uh, if you don't get it, just, just, you know, stay healthy, be safe, you know, be cool in public, wear your mask and just, you know, so we can all just, you know, see our families and enjoy the holidays. And, you know, again, I, I love Thanksgiving, man. Um, I'm really looking forward to just getting through these next six days at work before I'm off for some vacation time to go back to the Midwest where I'm from and see my buddies and see family and, you know, just, uh, just you know, be be with family. Family's the most important thing to me, man. Um, I'm nothing if not loyal. That's why I stay loyal to the soil to my teams, to the, the ones that uh, I hold near and dear to me, man. So I hope that everybody is uh, is doing well. I hope you and your loved ones are doing well. And I hope that everybody has a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving, whether you eat turkey, whether you don't, whether you eat some vegan food, whatever your traditions are, maybe you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but maybe, uh, you know, it's because it's a, a nationally recognized holiday or whatever, at least in the States, you know, you get that time off to, uh, to just decompress and And uh, maybe take a little day trip or something, you know, whatever the case may be, man. I just hope that, uh, I hope that everybody's healthy and everybody's well over here at March 4th, man. Uh, I'm all about love and support and positivity. And uh, this show has just been so awesome uh, this year for me, um, getting back into it in the pandemic and continuing to do it consistently. I've been doing an extra show every month compared to just doing it bi-monthly like I used to and it's grown to the point where i'm able to bring you guys more content and uh it's it just really means a lot to me to see it growing little by little to see people checking it out the positive feedback that i've gotten from you know some people who listen to the show and also from guests that i've had on the show it really means a lot it just uh reassures me that this is a you know a path i'm i'm supposed to be on and continue down so uh i really appreciate anybody who listens to the show who shares it who tells a friend to tell a friend And for all the wonderful guests that I have on the show. And we've got a lot of fun stuff coming before the end of the year. So stay tuned with March 4th. Speaking of fun guests and fun shows, this week's guest and this week's show is no different. My guest this week is none other than Colton Ramey out of Jacksonville, Florida. This guy originally hails from the Midwest like me, just a couple states over. I originally grew up in Ohio. For those of you who are familiar, if you're not, now you know. Northwest Ohio, to be exact. Shout out Toledo, the 419. And Colton's originally from Iowa, and we get into a lot on this episode. And, and like the hands and feet episode, uh, for those of you who check that out, and if you haven't, you know, again, hit that link in the description. Please check it out because it's a great episode and a great guest. But uh, I digress. But much like that episode, you know, this one gets heavy at times. You know, Colton and I go to some dark places as far as some things that he's been through in his life. But we go there in order to get to the light and to talk about him coming out of it and this Spring Hollow music project and, and how that really helped him and uh it just was a really uh it was a really powerful conversation, you know. Um he was very vulnerable and, and open book with me and I really appreciate that because I really try to be respectful of people and their lives, you know, at the end of the day. This isn't about entertainment for me, you know. Um This is about life. This is about connecting with people. This is about sharing stories. And hopefully, for the listener, for those of you checking out the show, it helps you, you know, whether you're up, whether you're down, whether you're just sort of floating and maintaining, you know, I really hope that these conversations help you guys out there. So when people get vulnerable, and and they open up about their life and their experiences, like Colton does on this episode, it really means a lot to me, because I think there's a lot of people out there who are going to benefit from it. So Without further ado, I'm going to shove my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Colton Ramey. Here it is. All right. Well, Colton, thanks again so much for your time, dude. I I really appreciate it. Um, we were just talking, obviously, before we officially got the ball rolling, but um yeah, man, I, I checked out spring hollow and it was so, so awesome of you to reach out. And I, and I think I, I saw you, um, you, you commented on a post I, I did like maybe a month ago on Instagram, just about, uh, I don't know. I just, I just had like a weird stream of consciousness one day and I was just like, I, I, I don't get too preachy on social media, but I thought, Hey, if, if some of these things that, that I've experienced in my life in terms of just, uh, my thoughts on, you know, um, people getting through stuff and letting them know that they're loved and they're important. If, if it gets through to somebody, you know, even one person that's, that's a good thing to share. And I think you actually commented on that post. So it was really cool to connect with you and finally get you on the show, man.
1: Yeah, man. I'm super stoked to be on here. Sounds like it's going to be a fun time.
0: Absolutely. Well, well, just to kick it off, man. um, I saw that you're, you're originally from the Midwest, right? What, where, whereabouts in the Midwest are you from?
1: Um, actually, from Iowa, of all places, it exists. Believe it or not, it's actually (laughs) a real place.
0: (laughs) Hey, not not far from me, man. I was Ohio, so you know, just a just a couple states away, and home of Slipknot. You know, I love me some Slipknot. One of my favorites. Still got to check that live box off, but but yeah, musically, man. You know, growing up in Iowa, I mean. what, what were some of your like earliest musical memories? Do you, is there one or a handful that stick out for you that are like, man, this is something that uh, I just got to, I got to pursue this.
1: Yeah. So uh, growing up, I was actually, I was raised mostly by my grandparents um, and my grandparents were extremely strict around music uh they they were big country listeners my grandmother was I would like get in the car and you know there was like Darth Brooks playing playing or there was Conway Twitty or you know there was Johnny Cash or you know those were like the things that my grandparents listened to my grandparents are obviously younger compared to most people's grandparents but at the same time they didn't listen you know I didn't grow up in like a household with mom and dad that listened to like the 80s and anything like that uh but I, I was about, I remember it was about eight or nine years old and my uncle started telling me a lot about like the bands he listens to. My grandma would always be like, the bands he listens to, I just don't understand where he got all that interest. I don't like any of it. And so I was like, huh, I wonder what he's listening to. And, um, you know, so I started talking to my uncle and he was showing me like Linkin Park and everything at the time. And so I got super into like metal and rock and new metal and it just kind of delved. Back, I went back into playing, you know, learning guitar when I was about nine years old. I got my first act, first guitar from my uncle, my other uncle, and I uh, started learning, you know, I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. And I started learning anything Guns N' Roses I could. Um, and once I started getting decent at it, then I started to look into new music. And I think it was funny because I didn't have a lot of outside opinion, right? I didn't have anybody to tell me what to listen to other than my uncle. And I'll just remember, I'll never forget, I started getting into, uh, I started playing Guitar Hero with my little brother. And I just remember there was a lot of songs, I was like, man, I wanna listen to more of this, and more of this, and more of this. And as I got into like middle school and everything, I started getting really heavy into like the metalcore and like Asking Alexandria and uh, Pierce the Veil. And then I started getting heavy into like going going further, I got heavy into like August Burns Red, Black to Fall, Bear Tooth, Defeater, the all the hardcore bands, too. And I'll never forget the first metalcore show I ever went to. Because any any concerts that I went to were, like, things my grandparents should go to, right? Um, I never went. My mom went and saw, like, Nine Inch Nails and stuff. But, like, that was because she's, like, on a date or something. It was never because I, I was, like, going. So, um, but I went to August Burns Red, Bear Tooth, Bless the Fall, and Defeater. That was my first ever, me and my brother, my grandparents, and my mom drove us to Des Moines, Iowa at a place called Woolies, and I fell in love. Like, I fell in love with everything that happened that night. I knew that from that moment on, I wanted to pursue live music and be a musician, and I wanted to inspire people. And I'll never forget, at the end of the show, what really impacted me the most is I Never really felt like I fit in in middle school and high school. I felt like I was doing um, whatever people wanted me to do as far as my family, sports or this or that. It was athletic and I really wanted to pursue music, but there was not a lot of support because it was outside the traditions of my family. And I'll never forget, I was talking to, uh, Bo was there from BLESS at his table and I was talking to the vocalist Alex his Red and he was actually talking about mental health awareness um, at his booth. And I got super stoked about that because I felt like I instantly connected with him. And from there on, I was like, man, I really want to be a voice for people that feel like me, that feel like they can't talk to anybody or that they don't connect, or maybe that they're pursuing dreams that their parents want them to instead of their own. And also to let them know that there's obviously lights at the end of the tunnel when you feel alone. And that was what really pushed me. And after that, obviously, it was all... I'm going to start a band. I'm going to learn how to do this. I want to, you know, and so, so on and so forth. And then I ended up here where I am now, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of like one of my earliest memories, I suppose, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's, that's a heck of an experience to have. And and I think that's what's so cool about bands being uh, accessible like that, you know, um, like I, I still remember when I saw it was uh disturbed in uh Cincinnati at this place called Bogarts. And I I can't remember if I've shared this story on this show or not, but um that was when Five Finger Death Punch, who who has been, you know, an arena band and a you know a big festival band now for years, they were still kind of on the come up. They were on the it was the way of the fist cycle. I think the bleeding was getting some play on um serious XM at the time, and they went out with Disturbed, and Disturbed was doing like a, a club run because I think that was the first year of mayhem fest in 2010. I don't, I don't think they do mayhem fest anymore, but that year disturbed and like slipknot were two of the big, like main acts on like the first year of mayhem fest. And, and I remember death punch going on beforehand. And it was just like, you could kind of see just the stage presence that Ivan Moody had and just, just, they, they just killed it. And then disturbed, obviously killed it. But after the fact, like um, an art of dying was opening for them and they've, they've gotten a lot of traction over the years too. But Ivan Moody was just standing in the back at the end and me and my buddy Chad were talking to him and he had like this deep this deep kind of like bass voice and I was wearing my Injustice for All Metallica t-shirt and dude that that show was the birth of earplugs for me because my ears were just ringing for like two days and um and he was cool man like he was just standing there I think there might have been like one like security guard or something from you know, the, the venue or whatever, but he, he was like a a man of the people talking to people. And then fast forward and, you know, you talk about the mental health stuff, like he's had his struggles with, you know, I think alcohol and, uh, has been sober now, I think for a couple of years. And Mm -hmm. when I moved to Nashville, uh, their, their tour that they did with, uh, shinedown and bad wolves. And I think star set, um, try to remember if there's another band, but they, they were here, uh, playing at Bridgestone arena, like three years ago. And I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but he was at like the same restaurant I was at before the show. And, uh, and it was still kind of the same vibe. Like he, you know, he had a couple of people with him, but you know, he was totally gracious when people were coming up to him and like taking pictures and stuff. So I think it's cool when bands have that mentality of, uh, you know, connecting with people. Cause obviously that was really huge for you at that time in your life, you know?
2: Mm Mm-hmm
1: yeah no it's a it's a really crucial turning point for a lot of people and their development mentally and it's a really it's a really big t- time for us in that period like the ages like teenage years for you to shape like how the rest of your life pans out and i don't think a lot of people realize like how crucial those years in development are to us as humans and so that was one of the most impactful things in that got me into music honestly and made me want to pursue
0: it on a large scale Have you gotten a chance to let them, to let them know that?
1: I haven't, honestly. Um, It'd be sick one day to just sit down and like say, Hey, like this is when I first met you. And this is like the impact that you caused. That would be like a cinematic moment for me. That'd be like a Kodak moment (laughs) for sure. But it'd be be super sick one day if I got to do that.
0: Well, Hey man. Even though we don't play the same,
1: nowhere near the same music (laughs) anymore. I used to write that kind of stuff, but now it's, to left field <laughs> compared to what he writes so um yeah that'd be cool one day if i just was able to get that message somehow
0: across, yeah man you, you never know man yeah uh, you know you guys are obviously making a lot of moves with spring hollow so stuff could be stuff could be you know coming full circle before you know it uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> working hard so so let's let's build on that a little bit man like if you don't if you don't me asking uh um how old are you now colton
1: so I just turned 26 September 1st.
0: Well, happy belated birthday, my guy. So, okay. So this is within like the last decade or so as a teenager. All right. So um, take me through, take me through then um, after that experience, you know, you're, you're talking about playing guitar and all of that stuff. When did you start like finding your, your voice as well and, and being a lyricist? So um,
1: as far as, as far as where it all began, so I started my first band ever and it was just like uh it was interesting you know everybody has their first band story um it was it was my first band it was in like 2013 it was called Courage at Sea and it was just a bunch of a guys a bunch of guys four guys from Iowa and eventually a fifth guy and it all fell apart we were like melodic metalcore at the time um And uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, I started like booking shows and helping book shows and realizing like what it takes that band fell apart. And shortly after I created another band um, that actually did pretty solid Uh, started to get on tours and I learned how to like book weekend runs and the importance of all that stuff. And it was called far from fearless. That band had a pretty crazy falling out, (laughs) and I uh, moved all the way to ca- almost well, California and then uh, for a job. And then I ended up actually ending in Colorado and I took a break from music uh, for a while, about a year and a half. After that, I joined up with a band that was developed in Milwaukee, Wisconsin called These Fading Visions. They're now actually known as High Council and shameless plugged to my friends. You should check them out because they're incredible. Um, some of the most talented people and they just changed their name and they're incredible. They taught me so much. Chase Kendall and Justin Riedauer and Max uh, boys, they taught me a lot. Um, they've been through the grind. They've been through the road trips. And so I learned so much from the importance of articles and like getting your PR and getting plays and Spotify and YouTube and algorithms. I've always been fascinated with that and the social media stuff. And after that, we went our separate ways. They created a new band. I decided to pursue just doing my own thing. And that was about three, a little over three years ago. And um, I was always friends with a guy named Nick and Nick Nessie. And he had played in a band called False Humans out of Chicago, Illinois. And we had connected again, we always kind of stayed connected, even through all the bands and the stuff. I'd always send him stuff and he would be like, dude, like, this is so good. You'd hype me up. And I was like, oh yeah, dude, thank you. And um, shortly after that, Nick and I, um, I was doing door-to-door sales for a company called Vivint Smart Home. And I'd been doing that for about four years now to this day, about four years. And I was like, hmm, hey man, like my job's hiring. Like, if you want to come work for me and work for us, like, it'd be super cool. You're a musician, you're a really good people person, you might have fun with this. And he came out, um, and Nick and I both went through a pretty crazy breakup at the time. And that kind of birthed Spring Hollow this last March. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, the Spring Hollow was actually, they gave us because of when it was made, but Spring Hollow, the birth of Spring Hollow, and me finding my voice in like pop punk slash hip hop was founded off of a street signs name um nick made a photoshop because man this would be a sick band name <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah, <it> <laughs> so the it was in uh, desoto texas we were at working and he saw he's like this would be a sick band name i was like hell yeah it would and then after that i was like why don't we make music he's like yeah why don't we and that just kind of started the whole thing uh, Nick had a demo for a song called He Said, She Said, and we started to shape our sound based off of those, basically the new the new Machine Gun Kelly, Swaco, Jaden kind of deal. And we were like, man, we really like the sound. It's a fusion of like hip hop rap and a fusion of pop punk. Let's do this. And so we took that song and we recrafted it and redid it. And that's where everything started with Spring Hollow. And Nick, I have full, like, I can't, I can't help. Like, I literally can't even tell you enough that that man helped me find my voice. He's still helping me find my voice every single day. Um, He is the biggest nitpicky person as far as me recording. And I love it. And everything we do is completely recorded in-house. We don't go to, like, don't go to a studio. If I go to a studio, it's like, to watch my friends everything we do is in-house um and we basically just started from there and that's how it goes you know like I, I don't know that's that's where i started to find my voice is actually this year so um find out like what i can do with it and uh we're gonna have some new stuff coming out that's more pop punk so i'm excited for that
0: there's, there's, there's a lot in there, man. I mean, uh, the, the, there's a lot of travel, uh, the, the business I I can tell from talking to you, Colton, you definitely have like a, a business mind. So to, so to, you know, back it up a little bit as far as yeah. the the ambitions that you've had, because it sounds like you're a pretty, pretty ambitious cat, you know, and you mentioned bouncing from, you know, California, Colorado, Milwaukee, and I think yeah. you're, you're in Florida now, right?
1: Yeah. I live downtown in Jacksonville.
0: So, um, shout out Jacksonville. Um, I hope everything works out with, uh, with, with urban Meyer, man. Um, (laughs) but sorry, man, I had to get that in there. I had to get to there, but, but I just, I just wanted to back it up as far as, uh, that, you know, and we'll, and we'll tie it in with, with the music and everything too, but, um, about that ambition part of it, because I think, you know, I can tell you with, with, with my, um, with my mental health struggles, I think a lot of it has just been, getting out of my own way in my life with in terms of my anxieties or my my ocd kind of tendencies and um i wouldn't say self-sabotage because i i while i overthink i still i still will take action but i think it shows for your part especially being you know you said 26 you've had a pretty eventful life these these last seven eight years man i mean do you do you kind of you, you kind of know internally like where where that ambition comes from and sort of just that that go getter mindset because it definitely sounds like you have that
1: yeah man I think the biggest thing for me and I appreciate i want to take take some time I appreciate you you acknowledging that because that's actually something I take a lot of pride in um for myself is like my go getter mindset and just like storming through all the barriers in my life um now it wasn't always like that I think what really got me is I had a lot of people after I left my, like the first band that was in my hometown that just tore me apart, told me I'd never make anything in my life, that I was a like I ruined the best chance I had, you know, that kind of stuff. And honestly, like I have no, I have no animosity or hatred toward those people because if it wasn't for those people, I would not have gone through the hardships and the turmoil that put me in like, as far as like living in my car, man, like in California, getting to Colorado. Um, and it just made me want to prove those people wrong. And not because I wanted to do it for revenge, but because it just, I was like, dude, I can do this. I am who I say I am. I make mistakes and I'm human, but I'm, I'm going to get through this. And I've always grown up. Like my family wasn't like, you know, poor or anything, but at the same time, my grandfather works really hard. And he just retired this year. Um, he's a little, he just is now over 70. So like <laughs> working for all that time just to finally retire. And, you know, I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like I want to, I want to be successful and I want to be able to retire before my knees stop working, <laughs> you know? And yeah. uh, ever since then, all that hatred that I got, I was like, you know what, everybody's going to tell me I can't do something, and that stuff, I just turned that, like, fuel, you know, into jet fuel, and I was like, screw this, I'm going to be the best version of myself, and I'm going to let these people just watch, and I'm going to do it for me, and I'm going to do it for my family, and that's that's where that is, like, anytime anybody tells me I can't do something, it's, like, literally jet fuel, it makes me take off, so, um, yeah, so, that's where it came from, but,
0: that's cool, man, and I, I relate to you on that. I mean, um, I, I absolutely, when I was a teenager, felt very um, out of place in my my high school years. You know, I felt like um, it was difficult to be my authentic self because of of the way kids I went to school with judged me. And and I feel like high school, that time of life, like I I, I don't know. I th- I feel like fourteen to eighteen year olds are just like the worst people on the planet. <laughs> like I just you
2: are, I, man.
0: I just I just think they don't understand. And and again, if you're 14 to 18 listening to this, I'm not trying to make you turn it off because I appreciate you listening to the <laughs> podcast. But but I just mean from the standpoint of I, I feel like it's a very it's in very it's a very insecure period of life. And that's what you learn later on, is that a lot of the people who gave you crap were were deeply insecure themselves. And so, you know, cutting down somebody else in in a sad way, I think it makes and I've even seen it in adulthood. I think it kind of makes people feel better. Certain people, not all people, but, but yeah, my high school experience. Like I got a great education. If I had to do it over again, I mean, I don't know if I if I would have went to the same school, probably. And and it, and and it wasn't it wasn't horrible. Like you know, some some really good friends that I have to this day I met in high school. But it was it was difficult from the sense of I had a lot of different interests. You know, just like I was telling you about before I started this. Um, and not making it about me, but just relating to you on, on that awkward time and, and having, you know, haters really be your motivators is really what I'm getting to here is like, you know, I, I didn't have a click in high school. You know what I mean? And I and I think in some ways high school can be easier if if people can put you in a box and be like, oh, those are the goth kids or those are the metal kids or that's the debate group kids. That's the glee club. <laughs> kids, Those are the jocks. And and dude, me, I had friends from kind of every every one of those, because when I was a freshman, I played football and, and basketball, but I also, I went to a Catholic school, so I was also an altar boy, uh, but I love basketball and I love metal. So I was wearing like, you know, Ben Wallace jerseys and like LeBron James jerseys to school and stuff. And I think kids were just like, like the kids who didn't know me were like, like, who is this dude? Like, like what? And really, like I said, I was being my authentic self. Cause I still, I still love all that same, all the stuff that I loved and you know, that I, that I, I mean, I don't dress like I did back then. Like, you know, my jeans are a little bit tighter and I I got, I got a nice little flow to my hair now compared to the hairstyles I had back then. But the point I'm making is like all the stuff that I enjoyed back then, I still enjoy now, but I feel like there are, there's just something about being in your hometown and at least where I'm from, it's kind of a big little city. It's like big enough where you don't know everybody personally, but small enough that you've heard of people. And my high school was kind of a microcosm of that. So, um, again, just tying back my rant into into everything that you just shared with me, I, I I definitely relate to that in terms of sort of your haters being your motivators. Because it's it's not that I at 33 years old like I'm like I've still got a grudge against anybody in high school that maybe did give me crap because I uh, of the way I dressed or. Whatever, but it's it was always in the back of my mind. Like nobody gave a damn about a bombing, but I'm going to prove to myself, not to any of these kids, but I'm going to prove to myself that I'm I'm worth it because I know who I am, and that's all that matters to me. I don't really care what any of these other people think, and I'm going to make something of myself just to prove to myself that I have it in me to do it. You know?
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah, just like you know, the, the thing that like this create the thing that I will say about connecting with you on that is I was that I was that kid too where I tried to fit in so hard to like but also didn't like I didn't but I did you know I was authentically myself or what I thought was myself I would dress like really preppy but then towards the end of my high school I was like dude no, I want to be the anti-preppy kid you know what I mean and, and then I was like well this isn't me and now I've just kind of found that balance of okay I am who I am not who everybody else wants to categorize me as. And so that's when I feel like you actually like are the most happy is when you find out who you really are and not who everybody else wants you to think you are. That makes sense.
0: Absolutely. 100%. And it, and it takes time, man. And and it's so crazy because even, even what you said just now, Colton, it made me realize like, isn't it so crazy how how image is tied to to identity you know what i'm saying like both both in the way people see you and the way we see ourselves as humans it's from the way we dress you know whether whether you have two tattoos you don't have tattoos your hairstyle your your facial hair it's it's kind of crazy when you think about it you know what i mean yeah
1: how we categorize everything and associate it with the personality it's
0: crazy yeah so so with like oh sorry go ahead
1: owner, i was just saying say like you know sometimes I, it's funny it's a joke but like i, I sometimes i look at people and I'm like that person definitely owns a cat that person <laughs> definitely owns a dog
0: oh <laughs> uh, that's funny are you pretty are you good at it though like do you end up do you do you know like you find out later like oh yeah i, I pegged you as a cat person And they're like what really you know <laughs> a funny story so this is kind of funny as, as i got like really into sales
1: um and studied i studied a lot about psychology and just like how people are um and i've got really good at profiling so actually now like there's times where people are like dude i honestly like i want you to profile me and i'm like oh dude don't ask me to do that that's weird and then i'll (laughs) say some stuff and they're like freaky good at this (laughs) kind of funny but i'm just like dude i don't know it's just we it's i'm just taking common stereotypes based on the way you dress if you have facial hair or not, there's like things that make me like realize what made you, you know. And so that, that I don't know. Just I could be totally wrong, but just I'm guessing based off of assumptions and guesses. And you're telling me I'm right. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> you know, but
0: profiling's it's, funny. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> as far it, as it, oh,
1: sorry, go ahead, As far as like general stereotypes, like okay, well you're a really short guy and you have a mustache. Well, you probably are very alpha because you were raised without an alpha guy around. You You know what I mean? Like that's, that's usually how those things are. It's just weird little stereotypes that are just like, they could be dead wrong, you know, but sometimes they're crazy how true they are.
0: That's, that's 100% true. And, and like, and it's funny too, because one, one of the things that, that, that I've gotten multiple times over the years, whether it was like, you know, you know, friends, like people, people that weren't my friends, but like, you know, whether it's like my sister's friends or like, like, uh, you know, people that were in my friend's circle that didn't know me personally, but like, they worked with people that I knew or whatever. And they're like, like, Oh, I'm surprised Mike is like into metal. You know what I mean? Like, and and I think, I think yeah. it's because of how I look. Like, I just look like, I guess you're just like run of the mill white dude. You know, I got like a baby face and like blue eyes. And like, I I guess I don't, it's, it's, it's just funny how image is attached to, you know, like we're talking about just music or like, you know, are you a cat person or dog person? Do you like ketchup or mustard? You know what I mean? But that that's one that I've gotten more than a handful of times. It's like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't like peg you as somebody who would like be into that kind of music. And it's, and it always makes me laugh. I'm like, well, what do you, what do you think people who listen to heavy music look like, man? And
1: then they tell you the most general, like stereotype like view of somebody as far as
0: long black
2: hair, lots of tattoos, holes in their ears. Yeah. It's
0: just funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, in all of your travels and everything, man, you talk about just just being motivated by by sort of um some of that stuff from back home and, and stuff not working out, you know, to to tie it yeah. back into the spring hollow experience and, you know, mental health and circling back. You know, you mentioned you and Nick, you went through um you both went through difficult breakups. So, so talk to me a little bit about just sort of this time period in the last couple of years, as far as the Genesis of spring hollow and, and, and the tie in with, with the mental health aspect of that.
1: Yeah. So the craziest thing is once I lost music after I didn't lose music, but the opportunity with music that I had lost, um, with with these fading visions. After that, I went through a pretty bad emotional downward spiral. I was going through some of the darkest thoughts I'd ever had in my life, um, but also was being extremely successful as far as transferring into more of like the entrepreneurial business mindset, but I wasn't happy. And no matter like, you know if I was making ten thousand dollars a month or if I was making twenty or five whatever it didn't matter how much I was making how much I was pulling what I was bringing home the things I was buying I found no happiness in in that and physical material things became meaningless to me. And I, but I had started, I had been dating a girl for a while and COVID happened um, right when we first started seeing each other, like the very heart of COVID. And we went through, I was, I was honestly like her second most, like her second serious relationship. And she was very plain Jane and in the best way possible, a good person. She's a great person. And I was, and it was in Texas. So uh, I was not the best influence on a very Southern religious family um, as far as tattoos and the way I looked. And so we had a lot of Rocky time through COVID. It was a very rough relationship because of me during the craziest time of anybody's life, I was traveling and uh, she finally ended up following Along once COVID got a little bit more, like, I guess we knew more what was going on. Um, and so she went and traveled the whole like bunch of states with me while I led helped lead a sales, a sales team, um, through door to door and selling home security and smart homes. And it was crazy as like, I was like so miserable the entire time. It's like, I felt no traction because I was constantly moving between states as states would shut down. And, um, at the very end of it, I, like the end of, end of last year, middle end of last year's late July, I attempted to take my own life. And I'd been hospitalized in middle school and I had been suicidal and depressed uh, when I was young. A lot of the trauma that came from it led to that and um, me finding out who I was based off the abuse and stuff in my childhood. Um, and going through a very hard development time in my teen years. And so I'd been you know, put in the hospital or I'd been under psych eval before, but I never, and I took all this, shoved all this medicine. And then I was 18, i was like, screw all this. This stuff isn't working. I feel like I'm, I don't know who I am anymore. And, uh, but all that led up to the actual time last year, I tried to take my own life. Um, I seized repeatedly over and over trying to overdose in a hotel room, um, in my ex-girlfriend's arms. Uh, it was, I, I, I didn't care if I woke up the next day. I didn't care. I was emotionless. I had nothing in my life that I looked forward to. Um, there was no blue skies. Everything seemed gray. As cliche as that sounds. Um, there was no matter what success level was measured to me or identified tagged to me. I didn't care. Um, no matter how much I was able to help my family out, I felt nothing. And it got to the point where that happened and I did not succeed, obviously, because I'm still here today. Uh, But after that, it was such a crazy awakening for me. Um, then after that, I cut all for the rest of the year, all drinking. Um, I used to smoke weed. So I was like, yeah, I love smoking. And then I stopped that. Um, I went on a crazy big health kick, and I honestly like man, it's just it's crazy how low you can get, how close you can get to death, and then you realize how much you want to be alive it It's crazy to me, and that's probably like not the best explanation, but after that, I said, I'm over all of this because. If I was meant to die and my life meant nothing that night and that next morning that I got to wake up, then I wouldn't still be here. So there's obviously something that I'm I'm left to do or that I'm given a second chance for. And from there on, I decided to get help. I decided to motivate myself and I decided to figure out in life what was going on. With my brain and why I couldn't find happiness in the smallest of things, whether it was playing the video games I loved or um, hanging out with the friends I wanted to hang out with, or there's always just some negativity attached to it. And I had to really go through reshaping and uh, I had to defragment my brain and figure out where this all came from. And a lot of it stemmed to my childhood. And now um, I use that motivation. I use that. To move forward uh, with where we're at with spring hollow and as that kind of came about i realized it didn't come about right away because obviously this was the july of last year but about six months later you know when when spring hollow was originally started i realized that this is my opportunity to reach such a large audience and because it's just me and nick there's so much room for my personality and my story and not five other people And uh, not that their story doesn't matter, right? Like, but there's so much room for my personality in the music and what we're able to accomplish. And it can get more associated with what I want to do in a solo project or duo project than, you know, a whole band. Um, And then it it honestly fueled me, uh, the sense of my life fueled me with this project to, do the biggest things i've ever got to be able to do with music and uh it's on crazy man like i mean to to connect it into a positive spin um we dropped our first single we got a lot of traction down here in jacksonville um we met up with i actually got in an elevator with a guy who books like you know kodak black and books uh, Kevin Gates and Lil Baby and all these big rap artists and he he saw my camera around my neck because I do photography and he's like, hey man, like you a photographer? And I was like, yeah. And uh, his dad lives in this building that I live in and he was like, oh, that's cool, man. I'm actually uh, booking Kevin Gates. Do you want to come take photos of him? And I was like, dude, you guys shit me. Like, this guy <laughs> isn't real. What? <laughs> and I have been grinding pretty hard after the breakup, just, like, trying to get my stuff, like, in line. And I was like, yeah, man, i be super sick. Um, just follow me on Instagram, because I thought he was not busy is his name. And, man, he's an incredible dude. But I couldn't be anywhere without, like, this man's help. But um, he's like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll hit you up. What's your Instagram? And we're in the elevator, so my service is ass. <laughs> so I quite literally cannot uh, – I can't. I can't pull his name up. And so I, like – quickly put it in and wait till it gets service. I follow him, he follows me back and tells me I got press pass. And then a week later, he's like, hey man, um, I actually have a photo opportunity at the same place that Kevin Gates is, but it's gonna be for uh, Genuine and New Cupid. And so I was like, oh, that's sick. And so I gotta get on stage and take photos of Genuine and New Cupid. And then a week after that, not only did I obviously have the opportunity to do that and shoot photos of Kevin Gates, But I was meeting up with Easy, and he goes, you a musician, too? And I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, like, uh, Nick and I are a duo group. We do, like, the new Machine Gun Kelly sound, Swaco sound, like, the kind of pop-punk stuff that's coming back, but with a lot more hip-hop. And he was like, I like that. That's dope. You got, like, some music? You can, like, yeah. So I showed him our music video. Or I showed him what we were going to do, and he was like, that's awesome. Like, that's super cool. I was like, yeah, we're about to shoot a music video. And uh, then he ended up being in our music video and he gave us the opportunity to open up for our first show was with Kevin Gates. And uh, it was the most people I've ever played for in my entire life. (laughs) Wow. And from there, uh, we were, I mean, it it was crazy because obviously, you know, it it was a predominantly black crowd and we were the only white boys on the act. And so we were automatically like uh we were were immediately like the light was extra on us because everybody else was black and it was awesome it was such a great freaking time man and I had so much fun and we said you know screw this stage and jumped off the stage and we jumped into VIP and just said we're done with all this like everybody's been on the stage the whole time and nobody's paying attention to them or moving and so we ran and jumped off the stage security chased us down and Ever since then, you know, I go to the north side of this town, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, you're the white boys that opened up for MGK, or for, uh, you're a white boy that looks like, hey, you're the white boy that looks like MGK, you're that tattoo guy, you ever, you kind of sound like MG." I'm like, "No, I don't," and they're like, "But you opened up for Kevin Gates," and I'm like, "Yeah, that was me. It's super cool." Um, and after that, we went to my hometown, and we we really really pushed, and uh, had 150 people show up to two hours away from my hometown to a venue. Um, and then that was a really crazy, awesome show, had a great time. And then our third show here in Jacksonville, um, it's our first headliner show is sold out. Um, so it's super, super crazy, man. Like, uh, from a third show, ever, first show ever to be Kevin Gates, 150 people to drive, you know, either in town of Des Moines, Iowa, or a lot of them two hours away, fly drive from Texas, Ohio, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Um, all over just to come to a midwest show and then for people to actually buy tickets down here in a town i've lived in for such a crazy amount of time in florida like so little we've sold out and it's like never in my life did this i would think that things are taking off so fast but um it's it's crazy it's a a whirlwind of up-and-coming stuff and going and getting like VIP thrown to us at clubs and stuff now it's like wow man like I never thought I would be doing this and quite literally for 15 months ago I didn't think that I would be alive anymore so it's such a it's such a turn of events and I don't want it to stop you know I just want to keep putting my nose down to the grindstone and just making sure the jet fuel stocked up
0: well, I mean, Colton. I one, I want to say, I'm glad that you're still here, man. Uh, first and foremost, I'm I'm glad that you didn't succeed in um, taking your own life because you you've you've got uh, an incredible story, um, and I can tell you really care about people and you care about connecting with people, and I think that's why you're still here. I think that's 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 why the universe still has you here. So, um, I I'm glad you're here. Number one, and, and number two, I, I thank you for for sharing all that with me and, and everybody listening to the show, because I think it's a good example of um, kind of understanding sometimes that at your lowest point, there, there really is something bigger and, and better in store for you that you, and you can't even see what it's going to be. Right. And I think with everything that you just shared, I mean, it's even, it's even motivating me and making me a little emotional. Cause there's times where I, I uh, you know, I, I start thinking about like, where am I going? What am I doing? I'm in my early thirties, how I thought my life maybe was going to look. Um, I actually (laughs) went through, um, an unexpected breakup myself just within the last like five, six months. Um, you know, and I've, I've talked a little bit about that on here and just going through the emotions of that. And, um, you know, and, and so to hear you talk about how, like, I was on an elevator and all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking to this dude. And then fast forward, you're opening for Kevin Gates, pretty memorable experience. And then, yeah. you know, having a show back <laughs> in Iowa. And and now it's the the spring Halloween show on on the 30th, right, in Jacksonville that you guys have sold out tickets for. It's, it's just crazy, man. I, I don't even know if I have words um, outside of what I just said to, to just other than to say to people listening. That's why you don't you don't give up uh, on yourself. And and even when you hit rock bottom and, and you know, God forbid, and I, I hope anybody listening to this, if they are struggling, that they get help. Um, but I'm I'm glad you're still here, man.
1: Thank you, man. And and if there's one piece of advice I can give to any listener that's that's tuning into this and is in that point where they're like, Do I give up? Why is life so hard? I mean, you know, like we can't control life and we can't control the things that happen around us, right? So I always tell people, and what got me through a lot of this is one of the Pete my bosses at the time, when I was going through all of this, he said, Life, Colton, life is ten percent what happens to you and ninety percent how you react to it. Everything that you do, you have a choice to continue, you have a choice. To be a victim, you have a choice to say, screw all the bullshit that's going on and break through the walls. And for me, when I started living to that every day, like I can't control this and letting go of what is around me going on that I can't control and, and how, only, only take care of how I react to the circumstances and events around me. I started realizing that I felt a lot less stress and anxiety and a lot less failure in my brain about myself. Like, I didn't feel like I was, you know, like, oh, I could have, I would have, I should have. Like, I felt like, well, oh. you know, better like the words, shit happens. You know, I can't control it. I just can choose how I react to what happened. And um, for some people that's easier said than done. And for me, it was, very hard to change my mindset around. Um, but you know, it, how you react to it is how you're going to, is how you're going to shape the rest of your life because how you do something is how you do everything. Right. So, you know, it's just the smallest things in the morning, like just create little small wins. You know, every day doesn't have to be a triumph every day. doesn't have to be a victory, um, on a large scale. It it just little wins every day. Like count your wins. Don't count your losses. You know, um, I started, like, if I could give some advice to people maybe going through that stuff too, it would be create a list of like all the things you get in the day, no matter how big, no matter how small, everything is a win when you're down low and everything is a win when you're up high. Um, the wins just seem larger in, in, in that ending when things get better, but the smallest of wins are huge wins when you're down low. Uh, so like I would wake up every day and I would be like woke up like that was that was an accomplishment to, to me um, as far as like washed my hair, took a shower, ate food, ate breakfast. And as I noticed, I started to be able to say I did a lot in a day. So I was like, OK, now I got to like be reasonable. <laughs> like what is what is a bigger win for me today? Um, I'm waking up every day. So I'm. Now I started changing it into, I wrote every day, like I write 10 things that I'm grateful for, no matter how big, no matter how small, that I woke up, that I got, I have clean water. Like, you know, you start with the little things and it sounds silly, but once you start changing those those negative first thoughts in the morning um, and start making your bed and brushing your teeth and that becomes a regular thing, your life just starts to get a little bit better, a little bit more every single day. And it helps shape you and know a more positive person and mindset. So that's just some advice I can give to people. And I like to I like to put a lot of that stuff on like my Instagram stories for people to to try out and things that help me out. So if people are interested in that stuff, definitely give me an Instagram follow or DM because I love to share that information. And I always follow anybody back that I can that tries to talk to me or anything. I try to maintain communication with anybody. I like to have social interactions through the internet. <laughs> so.
0: That's a good thing, man. There's a lot of people using it for a lot worse, you know? Um, well, there it is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man.
1: No, There really is. There's just a lot of selfish people and a lot of, uh, a lot of people who do it for personal gain only.
0: Yeah, man. And, and I, I definitely, you know, I, I definitely can tell that you're, you're, you're not like that. I mean, even, even when, um, you know, you replied and, and like you said, I always try to reply to people or if they, if they DM me and it doesn't seem like it's spam or something crazy, you know, like I always, I always try to reply back. And even when you commented on a, on a post that I, that I made uh, about a month ago and I, and I was really on the fence about it. Cause I'm like, man, I, I, I don't want to come off as preachy, but it was just one of those things. I was just in my kitchen that day and I just had this stuff just, 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 just on me. And I was like, I, I just feel like if if any of these bullet points are just little, little kind of things through life that I've learned and things that I'm going through right now can help anybody. I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. And when you, when you responded back, I was like, Oh, cool. It actually did reach it. It reached somebody, you know, and it was somebody that, that I, you know, obviously I did, I didn't know you at that point, you know what I mean? So, um, Mm-hmm. I think it's cool that you're using your social media for that. And in the time we have left Colton, uh, and again, I want to be respectful of your time and, and thank you so much for this man. You know, just, just to walk back a little bit, uh, with, with everything that you just shared with your story. Now that you're in a healthier mind space, uh, a healthier, healthier mindset, healthier headspace, I should say. Um, obviously you know you still have that go getter mentality and and you've had that go getter mentality so when you look back now and, and you mentioned like defragging your brain and you've been able to work through things uh, i i recommend therapy to to everybody really honestly but um when mm-hmm. you look back at that low point of of being in the you said you were in the hotel room and you tried to OD um not that I want to take you to that headspace but just connecting the dots like when you look back now it, it's Because clearly you still have the go-getter mentality, but it just seems to be in, in, in a, in a, in a, obviously a totally different way, a more positive way. What, what were some of the triggers that, that you think led to that, that low point of, of trying to overdose and kill yourself and, and, and how, how coming out of that experience, you know, you mentioned your boss, but, but how did you kind of flip that around in terms of looking, looking through life through a different lens? Honestly, man, like to to
1: say what really brought me to that low point in my life was just a lot of negative thoughts and a lot of negative uh, habits. And it sounds so simple and silly, but um, a lot of negative things in my life in general, like the kind of people I was hanging out with, the kind of I was. I honestly went through a period of uh, pretty bad addiction um, and with alcohol and with cocaine. And so a lot of that was bringing me to such a low point uh, mentally and consistently. And those thoughts became regular instead of like the morning after uh, of all those things being in my body. Um, So it had become regular and it just kept getting worse. I guess was the best. Uh, the worst. It's not even the best, ironically, but it is the best way I can explain it. And um, finally, when I had got to that point, I just felt like I was living for nothing. I mean, it just kept amplifying every day for a long time, and it didn't feel like I could reach out for help. It didn't feel like I, I was. always felt like I was so strong for everybody else. So for me to, for me to reach out to somebody else, I felt like I was exhibiting weakness, and I was giving off like the weakness, and I was always supposed to be the strong one. And so I didn't reach out to anybody, and uh, which I should have. I really should have. Um, obviously, I'm thankful for what I've learned through the experience, but I'm also grateful. Uh, I, I should have reached out, honestly. You know, So I'm grateful that I'm still here. Um, as far as looking through a new lens, I think a lot of it had to do with the idea that I still woke up. And that may not be the best answer, (laughs) Uh, but for me, it was the answer. Waking up the next day, I didn't go find religion. Uh, I didn't go do this or that, some craziness. Like, um, I I just started trying to figure out how to stop thinking. Like, I became obsessed with how can I stop feeling this way? What can I do to stop feeling this way? And how can I trick my brain? How can I, like, wash my brain of all these negative thoughts? And I became obsessed with it. And honestly, I started getting into a really solid routine and doing the same things every day um, as far as like good things for my body. And uh, I noticed that that stops. Um, So for anybody listening to this, um, small things like making your bed, eating, going on a walk, showering, those things will literally change everything. Uh, It doesn't sound like it. It may not right away. But if you keep doing those things, just the small things will create bigger things, and then you'll find more joy in life. I firmly believe that.
0: Yeah, that just that discipline uh, of of repeated good behaviors.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: right now you don't even realize it, but you're actually like you're you're, you're constantly thinking subconsciously negative things like you are programming your brain to hate yourself every day and you start looking at everything on your social media and you hate the way people are happy and you're just like you don't even realize you're like killing yourself slowly every day so i always tell people like anybody and everything can wait except your mental health so go on that walk I don't give a shit who you need to message or thinks that they are entitled to your time. Go take time for yourself and get back on that time frame of like nobody else, that that frame of mind that nobody else matters and your time frame to respond is completely up to you. Like you owe nobody nothing. And if you're at risk like mentally and you need a break, unplug. Nothing is more important than your mental health ever.
0: It's very true, man. It's it's very true. And you look at you, you know, you know, kind of tying it back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about image and stuff and, and how important that is. Uh, you know, it's like there's so much we do for our 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 physical well-being sometimes and and you forget that you gotta train your brain too, you know. And and like I said, and and I'm saying that for me too, because I check myself on that too. Like, well, you know. You, you gotta, you gotta shut your, you know, cause for me, it's shutting, like shutting off those thoughts the the negative self-talk the self-doubt, what am I doing? Where am I going? You know, you know, this, this breakup happened and it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, but, but you know, you, you, you know, for me, I just, I've always, um, I, I hate using the word pride, but I, but I do, I pride myself on on being resilient, you know, when, when I've had a, you know, I, I've had a great life. Just to preface what I'm about to say, because I don't want any, anybody to think that I am feeling sorry for myself, because I'm not. Like I have a great family, I've got a great core group of friends, um, uh, several of whom I've known for like two thirds of my life at this point. Like, um, but but you know, I've I've had I've had multiple surgeries in my life. I've I've you know it was seen my parents fall out of love and get divorced, and I think you know I think I think that shaped me as a kid to 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 be. um self-reliant. But I think the negative aspect of that is that I was always super hard on myself and, um, and it's manifested itself in different ways over the years, man. But I think with everything that I've gone through, you know, you talking about that discipline aspect, that's something I've tried to make more of a focus, you know, through the pandemic. And even, even through this, this breakup that I went through of just, man, like, you know, I don't care what comes my way. I, I don't care if I get hit by, by a truck, like I'm going to get up, you know, I will, I will drag myself to help. I will, you know, I, I like, I'm there's, I'm not going to stay down, you know? And, and for me, that's, that's been the thing, you know, outside of my support system, my family therapy, when when I look at my (laughs) life where I have beat myself up, it's, it's, uh, it's resiliency. You know, I think that's the one thing that I do have is like, I will continue to get back up no matter how many times I get knocked down as as cheesy as that sounds. And it sounds like for you, it's that discipline and that resiliency as well to, to continue to, to go after the things that you love, man. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, man. And, and honestly, like for me, the biggest thing is once you start reprogramming your brain like that, the smallest things mean the world to you and like when you start finding it's all about change right now so like shifting into like the moving forward after you start those habits like you know, when you when you wake up every day and you're like I get to do something and you're excited about it you know that's just like a whole different world for me and it's something I never never felt um after you know like right now like I never like at the beginning of this year. i was like, man, I will never see myself in another like relationship, or um, I'll never see myself wanting to date. Like I for a very long time, and I uh, went through some like some drama and stuff this year, just like yeah, bad people and bad friend groups, and learning the value of having, like you said, you have such a great friend core group, having that, and no matter you know how small the it is like having a solidified group means a lot and once you find that like you start realizing how important in time people's time is like in your own time is valuable and alone time is valuable too and so like I was you know I've started to get back into um, hanging out with friends again and feeling like I actually feel good about doing it and not because I have to and not trying to please everybody and i i started seeing somebody again as far as like you know interest as far as dating and it's really awesome when you're in a uh a headspace where you're happy with who you are and who's around you and the trust level is there and you don't have negative people and it's uh it's nice man like you know now seeing somebody it's like i feel like i'm myself and i'm not stuck in negativity and bringing them down and as far as like my friends I feel like I'm not a pain to be around I feel like I'm happy and they're happy being around me and I value the time that I've given by all of these people just to you know be around them and I enjoy the laughs more than I ever did before I enjoy the presence of those people more than I ever did um, and I just value the idea of life in general a whole lot more than I ever had so I I'm excited man. I'm excited to continue this journey with spring hollow and with inspiring and moving people towards a light of positivity and not to play on words of your podcast, but keep, keep marching forward, man. I'm excited just to keep marching forward.
0: Yeah, man. It's, it's great to hear the headspace you're in and just, just to put a button on that, um, you know, with, with the music, um, Life like a movie. The album came out on August twentieth, right? Um, I, I listened to it multiple times, man, and um, and it, this isn't just lip service, dude. But I, I really do enjoy it. Um, you, you talked about Nick's handiwork; like it, it sounds really well put together. I think the record flows really well, um, and you mentioned that that pop punk kind of alternative hip hop vibe, um, and, and you know what what Machine Gun Kelly and Travis Barker and those dudes in his band are, are doing a uh, shout out to Rook, by the way, who's from my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. Um, his dad's also a very good drummer in his own right, but, um, I, I really love the album, man. I, I think probably because I come from sort of a rock and metal background and I love that. I, I, I really enjoy, he said, she said, and the title track, just cause I, you know, I, I think lyrically the guitars and everything too, but, um, but it also features a uh, critter is on the record. Right. And is it Landon Amore is, is part of the record as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so for people listening to this, man um, if you're into the, the pop punk stuff and, and alternative hip hop, it's, it's definitely right up your alley. And and even if that maybe isn't the space you usually land in um, lyrically, I can tell you're, you're coming from an honest place on this record and it's not even that every song, you know, has that, has a vibe of like, being, being more melancholy. Cause there's some really upbeat tracks too, you know? And, and, and so I, I, you know, I don't say that to say like, I don't want people to think like this whole thing is like, Oh, is this like sad pop up? Like, no, there's some really upbeat tracks on here, man. But, um, but lyrically on those tracks, like I could tell, um, was it uh bottoms up? I mean, that one was a, a really, that was one of the more personal ones. It seemed like lyrically anyway, just from listening to it a few times, but I really enjoyed the flow of the the record, man. Like Angel, is it fifty-one fifty-one or five-one five-one? I really like. Yeah. Um, uh, why, why, why? Kiss and tell. I mean, there, there's 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 a lot of great moments on this record, man. You guys should really be be pleased with what you put out there. You and Nick.
1: Thank you, man. We we definitely appreciate that, and, and it's so cool to be able to feature such underrated artists, man. Like Critter Function is actually he does like critter. But um, Critter is, is his name is Mike, and he is probably one of the most talented, underrated people um, that I know. And Landon is Landon is just an incredible man. <laughs> that kid is that kid. You don't understand. That kid is literally like way younger than both of us, and he sounds like a vocal god. And I <laughs> get inspired every time I listen. I'm like, damn it, this kid is literally like almost 10 years younger than me. How in the heck? um he's so cool um and such a great dude and he's getting a lot of a lot of love right now from some of the biggest uh things as far as like promotion in the industry like promoting sounds and a lot of articles being written about him and he's on a big come up right now so um really cool to be working with such talented people uh, that are like up and coming and or underrated so uh and nick himself being so wise and intelligent on the mix board (laughs) it was awesome uh learning a lot and anybody who's had like the ability to watch us record just you know some of the things that they say it's just like you guys and they will see us live you know um with only two opportunities at this current point up until now the third being in a couple weeks um you know people just they say we flow so well together it's like it was meant to be and i think that like i said earlier tying it in with everything that happened and what I'm here for, I, I that's just every day what makes me believe this is what I was meant for. And this is why I'm still here and given a chance.
0: It's, it's, it's awesome to hear, man. Uh, well, well Colton, uh, just to wrap this thing up again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, again, I, I'm, I, I, mean it from the bottom of my heart, man, I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad you're turning a negative into a positive because that really is what this whole show is all about. Um, I'll, I'll, by the time this, this, this airs, the, the Halloween show will have taken place, but it's already sold out. So it's, it's already written that it's going to be a a dope show, man, but, um, let people know, and I'll put up the links in the podcast description, but, uh, let people know where they can find you guys. If they're not familiar and, uh, anything you want to, you want to speak on, uh, as we wrap this up, man, as far as what's on deck for spring hollow, I I also know you mentioned in the beginning when we were talking, I think even before we're recording that, um, you know, your mental health struggles that you were, you were like working with an organization and got certified. So if there's anything on that that you want to speak on too, man, uh, that you want people to hear, the floor is yours, my guy.
1: Sure. Awesome. Well, again, I really appreciate you having me on this, this podcast and having an open platform for artists of any sort, business owners, even like you said, you've done some, some interviews with, uh, to speak, uh, what their passion is. And I really, I really believe that the platforms you create and the other podcasters, that's the, that's the terminology, create, uh, this space is so cool to have the ability to tell everybody we are passionate about and get it uh, open to people that may never hear it, you know, uh, just because now people that, you know, are hearing in and they'll share it with people they know. And that trickle effect is so powerful, um, so crucial to what we do and it also is awesome that you find a passion in it genuinely instead of just some sort of like social game you know what i mean it's awesome that you're, you're genuinely doing this with a passion i can tell um, that you do um yeah so i got certified with uh, first aid uh mental health awareness and suicide response. respond I'm certified suicide responder so if there's somebody for example in a uh, circumstance where you know, let's say, you know, somebody's in a circumstance where they're going to take their own life with within certain guidelines. I'm able to help intervene and talk, help them like get out of that mindset as much as I can. Um, that was really cool to be able to go through that class, just mainly because you know, if there's a situation one day where I'm talking to somebody that's on the edge of a bridge, you know, and the the things that I learned and how to be straight up and help um, uh, get them, you know, backed away from that. It's really powerful, man. I encourage everybody to get, uh, that can maybe take a summer class and get certified in, in mental health. It, it really, really is it, it's so crucial. It's so underrated and it's not, um, taken seriously in this country. And that's a whole nother conversation for another time. But, um, uh, I do, uh, used to do a lot of public speaking, um, at our shows for Hope for the Day. Um, now, I just really uh, try to help talk to as many people more so without, like, working for a nonprofit. I just like to connect myself and my message and be open and uh, have open ears and a closed mouth until uh, asked to speak once they need somebody to vent to. And the best way to keep up with any of our, our releases is, as always, Spotify, Apple Music, and pre-save and download all of our tracks. And you'll be able to keep in touch with us as much as possible through socials and listen to us as much as you can on streaming sites.
0: Well, again, Colton, I I, I really appreciate it, dude. I've really enjoyed this. And, and I mean it when I say let's let's definitely stay in touch, man. I, I, really, I really love the positive wave that you're on. Uh, I think your story is going to help a lot of people. And uh, I really appreciate the time, brother. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me, man.
0: You're welcome, dude. Have a great rest of the night, brother.
1: Yeah,
2: you too, brother.
0: Bye-bye. All righty-dighty. There you have it. That was my conversation with Colton Ramey. Make sure you go follow him on Instagram at badmentality, and that is spelled B-V-D-M-E-N-T-A-L-I-T-Y at Bad Mentality. On Instagram, the link will be in the podcast description for this episode. Colton, I just want to say thank you again so much, man, for taking the time to do this podcast and be so vulnerable and really an open book and sharing your story through the highs and the lows of everything that you've gone through. It truly means a lot, man, and I really think it's going to help anybody listening to this who's struggling out there. And uh, I just I really appreciate you being willing to to go to those places with me. And I'm just so happy to hear that you're in a healthy relationship. That you've had a lot of success with Spring Hollow, that you're working on more dope music that you're getting ready to share with the world. It just it really means a lot to me that you took the time to do this show and uh and that you're helping other people with their mental struggles too. And you know, on that note, if you're somebody who is listening to this episode, who is struggling mentally out there, um one, please know that you're loved, and two, know that you're not alone. You just heard Colton's story Um, If you are new to this show, um, I'm somebody that struggles with anxiety. I'm somebody that struggles with OCD tendencies. You know, the isolation in this pandemic has left me very depressed at times. You know, going through a a completely unexpected breakup earlier this year that I was blindsided by, you know, that that just happened within the last six, seven months of my life. You know, it was uh, devastating. And, um, you know, with the pandemic and, uh, you know, um, you know, being being in isolation, there, there's a lot of stuff that I've I've learned about myself in the last year, good and bad. And you know, therapy has been a, a big help for me. So, if you're somebody struggling out there, you know, just to share that about myself, you know, I struggle too. And um, there's a lot of people like us who who are struggling. And and you know, there's nobody on this planet, you guys, that doesn't have issues or isn't going through something. You know, um, whether it's mental health, whether it's physical health family stuff, you know, stress from you name it, whether it's work or whatever, you know, everybody's going through something. And I think the thing to remember is, again, you are loved and you are not alone. And I just, um, I want to say that on behalf of, of of, just Colton and myself, you know, please talk to somebody, please get help, know that you're important, know that you're loved, know that you have purpose. And uh, we want to see you guys shine, man. So I hope his story inspired you, and if you are struggling, please go to the podcast description because I'm going to have the links in there for the suicide hotline as well as psychology today where you can put in where you live, and it'll pull up all the therapists in your area. So, you know, again, talk to somebody. Uh, there's there's so many people that care about us, you guys, and... um you know, I'm the type of person and, and you guys even heard Colton say it on the episode where he wishes he would have just talked to somebody when he was going through all of those things that that led up to his suicide attempt. Like, you know, there's so many people that care about you that you don't even realize and being able to talk to someone and get these things off your chest. And I know it's hard because I know sometimes like with me, with some of the issues that I have, I just feel like, oh, gosh, you know, they're they're not going to understand or. You know, maybe they're going to think this thing that I worry about is really weird or whatever. But at the end of the day, when you bottle it up and you you don't talk to anybody, it just it just makes it worse. You know, what resists persists. So just know that you're loved. Know that you're worthy. You do have purpose. There's a lot of people who care about you, and you were put here for a reason. You know, there's a reason you're on this planet, and there's a mission for you to fulfill. And you can't do that if you're not here. So just know that we love you. You are loved. Please go get help if you need it. Please talk to somebody. Uh, there's there's a lot of great things on the other side of this dark period that you're going through, and I want to make sure that um, everybody who listens to this show just knows that uh, this show is a, is a is a vessel for that positivity. And I really hope that Colton's story inspires you, you know, to get on to get on a positive path the way that he's been able to get on a positive path. So that's as preachy as I'll get. Again, I just uh, you know these shows get deep sometimes, man. And, uh, you know, music is a common thread with a lot of them because I love music, but, um, I really appreciate Colton sharing his story. And again, I want the best for everybody out there, you know, especially the people who listen to this podcast. So I hope it was helpful for you and inspiring to you, you know, some updates since Colt, since Colton and I, uh, last spoke, he's actually going in a solo direction now. And working on new music, working on an EP, so stay tuned for that. Like I said, at Bad Mentality, um, there's still some Spring Hollow singles that are up there where you find your music, and I will make sure to put those in the uh, the podcast description as well, the links to that. So just keep your eyes peeled for what he's working on, man. Uh, he's a very creative cat. He's made a lot of big connections. You know, and just it's just so crazy that, you know, the first show out of the gate with Spring Hollow was with Kevin Gates, and they just had a sold-out show a few weeks ago on Halloween down there in Jacksonville. So I'm really excited to see what he's got cooking, man. So again, make sure you go follow him Excuse me on Instagram, at Bad Mentality. And yeah, man, peace and love to everybody listening to this, man. Like I said, I, um, I am continuously and consistently humbled by the positive feedback that I get from people to see the show grow little by little, to see the number of countries that, that people are downloading the show from. It's just it's just really inspiring to me and um and again it's it's just reaffirming to me that that this is a path that uh, i'm supposed to be on man you know um i love bringing you guys these shows and i really hope that they do help you i hope that they're entertaining but uh, above all i really do hope that they help you and they help you get to a more positive stage in your life man cuz you know it's not always a bed of roses man like i said this year has has been one of the more challenging ones of my life and i'm not even saying that you know as a martyr or anything like that like it it really has been tough, and um, the good news is, though, that, uh, you know, there is there is light at the end of the tunnel, and, um, you know, this podcast has really been a way for me to connect with people in a positive way. It's been a great creative outlet for me, and it's been a place that I can turn to despite all of those things, and, you know, the main thing is to just keep your head up and keep going. You know, the, the theme of this podcast, perseverance, moving forward, that truly is what it is all about, you guys. You know, life life gets hard at times and there's going to be times where you get knocked down, you get hit by a wave you didn't see coming. And, uh, you know, you, you, you feel like you're gasping for air at times, but at the same time, man, the thing to remember this too shall pass, you know, um, you know, the great Tom Hanks. Uh, whose work I really respect as an actor. I, I listened to a podcast with him recently where he was talking about that with things in his career. Just to remember this too shall pass. And that's good and bad. You know, if if you're somebody out there that's riding a good wave right now and things are clicking and things are moving and, you know, you're having successes in your life, you know, there's 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 good and bad, you know, and um the, the important thing to remember is just this too shall pass. You know, so try your best to keep a level head. And again, if you need help, please go get help. Um, trust me, there's always people that are going to be willing to help. And there's a lot of really good people out there. I know there's a lot of crazy stuff on social media. There's a lot of crazy stuff on the news, but the reality is there's a lot of good people out there like Colton and, you know, people in your circle, friends and family who love you and who want to help. So I hope you get it. And again, I just, um, I hope that everybody closes out the year on a positive note. It's so crazy to think that we're six weeks or so away from 2022. Um, but, uh, you know, do, do your best to find the good and see the good in yourself and in others. So on that note, I'm going to wrap this bad boy up by saying keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of my man Colton, this is the single He Said, She Said from Spring Hollow. Peace. <music>